We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, your Green Bay Packers podcast. That is a proud partner of the Eurostep Podcast Network and the Blue Wire family. As always, I am your host, Numak, coming to you after a Packers 48-32 victory over the Dallas Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys, Jordan? How are you doing, buddy? I am doing fantastic. The Packers are the first seven seed to win a playoff game, and they dethroned America's team. <laughs> Some might say they were never that to begin with, but that's I would agree with that. Neither here nor there. I think we can start this pot off with just saying there is only one owner of AT and T Stadium, and that is Aaron Jones. That is Aaron Jones. He has an absolutely career day. He was up there with Barry Sanders and I believe another all-time great for uh, just the most rushing yards per game in the playoffs or I think maybe a career regardless at like 123 per game in his career. Just absolute ownership of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, oh, It was a beautiful game from Aaron Jones. 
Absolutely beautiful game. Uh, we keyed in on him as being the key to unlocking any kind of offense, any kind of upset, really. And seeing the end zone three times, having 100... What do you finish with? What does it say on the screen right there? 100, uh, 118. 118. 118 yards. Basically, again, Aaron Jones has been around the same stat line of 20-plus carries, nearly 120 rushing yards. And then, obviously, the biggest difference is that he uh, made up for all the, the last three weeks of not scoring with three touchdowns. He was... Like, phenomenal. Like, I know the first couple carries that he had were kind of sent behind the line of scrimmage and all that stuff. And then all these gaps just opened loose. Like, the the the, <laughs> the way that he was just bursting through, again, a com- huge performance by the offensive line, freeing up him, obviously freeing up Jordan Love to, to roam and find wide receivers. This is a really good Cowboys defense that did not play like how they were. And the offense just pounded on them. Pounded. 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 And, oh, it was so good to watch an absolute dismantling of the entire Cowboys defense. <clears throat> Excuse me. This, like, the Cowboys defense was scary all year long, right? And it's yes. not like they weren't scary this game either, or coming into this game either. They were mostly healthy. They had all their players. Micah Parsons had something come up early, but he came back in, like, this was an absolute ownership from the from the Packers offense. Jordan Love had a uh, absolutely magnificent game. It's just there's there's so many places to start, and I think what I want to start with first is just the general tone of this win. You talked about it on Thursday in our preview of this game that you wanted to win the coin toss, come out with the ball, and go down and score, and I. One of little faith (laughs) was worried about that plan in both ways. But you predicted the future correctly. They come out, drive the field on a very long drive, and score seven to set the tone. Longest drive uh, of the season, I believe, too. What a great time to have it. Great time to have it. Yes, it it was a matter of putting your foot down, kind of making your, uh, what is it, kind of... um, Putting There's your foot in the front. Imprint? That, but like the, your mission statement. Just putting like everything together. This is what we're coming in here to do. And we don't care that you're the second seed, that you have one of the most highest performance or performing offenses in the league, that you're the Dallas Cowboys, all the stuff that associates with Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. The Green Bay Packers, this Green Bay Packers team, as <laughs> volatile as they have been, the last couple of weeks, they have clearly found something. And between... Aaron Jones being healthy, being utilized in the offense, getting four straight games of 100 rushing yards, tying Ryan Grant for, I believe, the most rushing touchdowns in a single playoff game. Not surprising because Ryan Grant was phenomenal in playoff games. Everything about this offense, actually, there's a tweet that I should probably bring up and uh, you know say on the air here. But uh, they have the fifth highest expected points Um or fifth best performance. This is from Shield Kapadia from the Ringer. Packages turned in the fifth best offensive performance by any team in a game this season, based on EPA per drive. That's out of a sample of 550. Wow. Um, yeah. So touchdowns on six of the first seven possessions before garbage time. Zero sacks. Huge. Micah Presence only had two tackles and one QB hit. QB hit. I think. 
Uh, zero turnovers, and uh, as Capadia finishes off with the sweep, near perfect performance by NFL standards. What what more could we have asked for? Really, like I know that they last week was like okay, we knew that they scored more than what they put on the board. Mm-hmm. They were just overwhelming the Chicago Bears to do the same thing to this Cowboys team was just insane. And obviously, they got some help from the defense too in, in getting a pick six. Oh. That that pick six, I I was like wondering if that was Darnell Savage's top speed because it looks like he kind of jogged the majority of the way back. But I'm fine with it. He scored. It was a great great play. Uh, but yeah, I think you're, you put it perfectly. It's just this offense is coming together at the right time, and it's on the back of Aaron Jones in his last four games: twenty one carries, twenty carries, twenty two and twenty one for one hundred and twenty seven, one hundred twenty one eleven, and one eighteen. That's incredible. That is a huge four-game stretch to make this uh, football team be playing its best ball at the right time. And I think we talked about it as much as we could the entire season, that the run sets up the pass for this offense, and getting Aaron Jones going so early on and just taking them down the field on that first drive, and even their second drive too. Or actually, it might have been the third. I think they, they punted their second drive, but... Regardless, it was just amazing to watch them go to work that early and just take control of this game. It was fun from the get-go. Yes, uh, it it was too... It, the thing about it, I'm going to trip over my words. Because this is easily... I'm, I was rolling through my brain of playoff wins for the Packers. And I know we complain about you know the Packers choking on the, under the biggest moments, stuff like that. This is the biggest Packers playoff win ever. Oh yeah, it's it's easily like again. Super they're Bowls nine aside. and eight. Super Bowls aside, yeah. Super Bowls aside, expectations aside, they're nine and eight. They're a seven seed again. This has not been done in NFL history, in part because they expanded the playoffs like what three years ago. So it's <laughs> someone had to do it eventually. But for the fact that this team did it and did it so handily, I mean, they put up. I know Dallas scored right before the half, but they're up twenty-seven to nothing. Yeah. At late into the first half they had every answer for dallas dallas they talked about it plenty on the on the broadcast between the amount of zone coverage looks that jordan love just dissected the fact that they were lining up so far out of like getting such a cushion with aaron jones it was joe barry-esque how this defense for the cowboys played and I think at one point I'm looking at right now, I think it's 7.7 yards per play that they finished with. At one point that, that number was 9.4. Like they were getting first downs every offensive play. Yeah. That's insane. It's insane. It's insane. um, I, I feel like we should probably like just give off like hats off kudos, whatever to like 20 different people right now, because it's to Matt LaFleur, who I was very, I was like, I'm not envious of him uh, going into this playoff game and be like, you could be blamed for either not trusting Jordan Love or not giving the ball off to Aaron Jones. Turns out he did it perfectly where Aaron Jones is heavily featured in this game and the few throws that Jordan Love had, he finished with 20. Uh, he was just surgical in just dissecting this Cowboys secondary where like the likes of Deron Bland, uh, Stefan Gilmore, you didn't hear their names mentioned at all. 
Jerron Curse maybe had one play of like, oh, that was a good play. He had uh, the, I think it was a deep shot on their second drive to Bull Mountain yep. where it like bounced off Curse's uh, helmet. And that was really all we, all we heard of him. Yeah. And I just thought the balance with which they played was superb. I thought, obviously, the way that in which that all these guys, like Aaron Jones was the constant throughout this, but Jordan Love, again, first playoff game, <laughs> didn't show it at all. Like, he's as composed, as poised, making throws under pressure when, you know, the the Cowboys front line got through. And Romeo Dobbs, I'm going to spend a, the following minute to apologize to you for not believing in you. Doubt of your catching abilities. I believe he had like three or four third down conversions himself. Yeah. Like easily a career high if it was, you know, a regular season game. He finished with, um, uh, what is it? Six catches, 151 yards, a touchdown, all on six targets. So he's a perfect 100% on catches. The guy lit up this Cowboy secondary and found the weak spots in their zone coverage. That was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Just simply amazing. Yeah, absolutely. He finally did what we were asking him to do all season long, right? He finally was catching the ball once. He was getting open over the middle and just, like, having purposeful cuts on his routes. He had an amazing game. He had so many yards after the catch. Like, just a great game from Romeo Dobbs to really put uh, the exclamation point on a lot of these drives. Like, I I think he only finished with one touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. Um but he had a huge part in setting up the rest of the six that they had like before uh, their first seven drives because they really needed him this game. I just think they needed him, but he showed out for sure. For sure. Because, yeah. I, in a game where Jaden Reed has no catches for no yards, like... No catches? I don't... Let's go... I, I think Bo Melton maybe had... Bo yeah. Melton had one catch for on two targets. Yeah. Like... That is that's big stuff. I know Christian Watson. It was a big thing that he was playing. He was active. It was great to have him out there. Yeah. We also knew that he was going to be maybe featured in what ten fifteen plays. We don't know the snap counts. Yeah. Uh, officially, but the way that Romeo Dobbs was a making plays was a favorite target of Jordan Love's. I I think for me it's like it's twofold because you think of like all the success that they had on those on those. Uh, third downs or any big spot like that where they're just stretching the Cowboys defense then I think for me if I'm like looking at from their perspective and it's you know how we talk about the Packers defense in a lot of ways this team was really they mentioned on the broadcast this team was really good at playing man coverage I mean this Deron Bland made five pick sixes in the season in the regular season alone they can cover guys they can trust their their secondary they just played totally opposite of how they played all year long. And I feel like that really bit them in the butts, like huge. And just how the Packers took advantage of that playing their own way. It just, it kind of just showed that what you do to go too far away of the habits that you made or built over the course of the season to where the Packers are like, as much as things have been, you know, terrible for various points of the season mm-hmm. the Packers team that we knew that was unrecognizable like in the first half of the season now everything's clicking everything's working in all cylinders and they didn't veer away from all that pretty much anything right and I think like one of the most surprising things too is that like like Jordan Love had a really good game um as I pull up his stats here quickly uh 
quickly, I, sh- I should say, pretty slowly. 16 uh, completions for 272 yards and three touchdowns. Almost a perfect ga- uh, passer uh, rating, except for that incomplete on in the garbage like, time of the fourth like quarter. Crabs. Yeah, should have caught it, but no, not, not a big deal. There, Besides the Romeo Dobbs touchdown that I think was the touchdown to get to 48, yeah. I don't think he had, like, any spectacular throws in tight windows. He played mm. so well the entire game, but I felt like every one of his targets was wide open. Yeah, you, actually, you, actually, I feel like you're probably right on that one. Be- the best example of that was <laughs> the, Luke the <Musgrave>. play action. <laughs> Luke Musgrave, it was like week one against the Bears where it's like he's wide open. Yeah, No one is in the same He stayed on his feet, Jordan. He stayed on his feet. Stayed on his feet. Stayed on his feet. He protected that lacerated kidney, and he got in the end zone. <laughs> um, yeah, that that was that was just like <laughs> that was to go up to forty-one points, and it's like, how can it get better than this? Um, it can get a lot better than that because the the bullet that he threw to to Romeo Dobbs, who I thought he had already like in his progression, yeah. I thought he was looking elsewhere, and he just came right back to him, and like the. There might have been an inch between the defender's like fingertips and yeah. the ball from where Jordan Love threw it. It was an, just a one of throw. Backwards momentum too, so he's like, "That's not easy." It's not he's easy. Like, oh, <laughs> just like yeah. I don't know, I'm a terrible quarterback. But yeah, that's um, Jordan Love again. I... <laughs> it was so good, so good to see him just. Just to like not show any jitters, anything oh, that whatsoever. I None of nobody did. I, I think Greg Olson said it no. on the broadcast. It's like they 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 don't know any better. Like they shouldn't be winning this game. They're too young for their own good in a good way. <laughs> like yes, they had absolutely no jitters. They came out playing how they wanted to play, and they came out wheeling and dealing. Like I think Aaron Jones was was obviously the most experienced one on this offense, and he just led them. Right to right to glory on this uh, on yeah. this game. I yeah, it's it is truly <laughs> it's incredible just how they dismantled the Cowboys and Micah Parsons again. We got to hit this very hard. He scared the living crap out of me going into this game. We saw the way that they had put him on all different sides of of the alignment of the front. Yep. Tucker Craft, outside of one holding call, I believe that was called on him. Yep. An amazing job defending uh, Micah Parsons because they just need extra blockers. Patrick Taylor did a lot of good blitz pickups today. Aaron Jones, I think, did one or two. Like Aaron Jones way... had, the, had the big one. He had the big one yes, um, he did. in the first quarter on Micah Parsons that got Romo Dobbs wide open. Like That was the extra yep. beat that Jordan Love needed to find him. Yeah, I, I just thought, again, when you – finish with zero sacks against this Cowboys team. It's that's really good. That is really good. It's a playoff game. That's that's yeah. how good it is. You're not we're not talking about the the Giants, the the Viking or the quarterback list Vikings or the Bears anymore. We're talking about playoff teams. We're talking about the second seed of the Dallas Cowboys. Yep. And again, Packers played had house money going into this game. They did not play like that. They played like we are here to send a message and we want to continue our season beyond this Sunday. And obviously they did. I mean, it, I, I just can't get over it enough just how well all of the young kids played. 
I, I keep I, I just keep thinking about how there was there was no jitters. Rasheed Walker got absolutely blown up. I think like the second drive or something on a uh, on a Aaron Jones run. But other than that, he played very well all the game. Like you said, Jordan Love doesn't uh, get sacked this game. And then, like, Zach Tom, too, Rasheed Walker, Bull Melton, Dontavio Wicks, all of the two young rookie tight ends, like, they just did so well. Like, Tucker Craft's only bad thing was the hole that you had mentioned. And they got it and right back. Well, yeah, and, and that drop at the end of the game. But then... Um, he gets it like it doesn't even matter because it ends up being like first and sixteen from, or first and goal at the sixteen after that after that hold, they get it right back with a Romeo Dobbs fifteen yard catch to go to the one and then Aaron Jones scores from the one like that's just it didn't matter and that's something that I think we haven't talked about enough is that they've been so clean penalty wise the entire second half of the season I think they might have had like maybe two or three this this entire game. But it wasn't a uh, whole me, lot. I can look it up right now. They uh, had penalties. Uh, seven. Seven for 66 yards. And, like, honestly, I can't even remember a whole lot of them besides a couple It holes. sure wasn't. A lot of them wasn't on offense, which has always been the big, big bugaboo yeah. early in the season. Right. Um, and, really, a lot of them were not even <laughs> on the, the young guys. It was... The Kenny Clark, the third down face mask. Jair Alexander got called for uh, holding or illegal contact before he got hurt. Um, those are the two that really stick out, out of my mind. I'm sure there's probably plenty of others, but the uh, yeah, there wasn't. There's the Elton Jacobs maybe had one. Yeah, the Jacobs hold on like the second or first drive on Micah Parsons. That was a pretty obvious one, but it stopped a sack, and I think they kept the drive going anyway. So I'm not too concerned about it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm yeah, just, I, 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 again, 48 points in a playoff game is astounding. You would expect that from a team like the Cowboys. You wouldn't expect that from a team like the Packers, who, again, were the seventh seed. But that is just what it was. Like, that is the kind of – it's it's this – the idealized way that Matt LaFleur has always wanted to play. And obviously, for the better part of – probably 16 to 18 games until the Thanksgiving game this year. We constantly question, well, like, can it work without these kind of strong link players like Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers obviously fell off last year. Can they, can it work when you don't have the talent to match up with it? And the answer is yes, it can. Like it doesn't matter. Like we're talking about a team again, a game where Jaden Reed, the leading wide receiver did not even get a single touch. It yeah, did not matter. That's crazy. That's really, and, really, really crazy. And the way that it threw off this the Cowboys defense in terms of like they're playing, they're having three wide receivers go out there, two tight ends, Aaron Jones, Emmanuel Wilson got some touches and you know to varying levels of success success today. But all the things that we, <laughs> if I had told you Emmanuel Wilson was getting carries in a playoff game, I'd be on Sean cloud Clifford, nine, Jordan. I know, but or if Sean Clifford was getting snaps in a playoff game, first you'd be like, A, the Packers made the playoffs, so why am I complaining about this? Right. And B, you'd be like, oh, the Packers are down 24 in the fourth quarter. No, it was the Cowboys that are down 24 in the fourth quarter, and Sean Clifford was coming in to uh, get playoff snaps. So, yeah, like, again, the offense did its job. That is (laughs) – it's everything that we wanted for or everything that we could dream for. And, um, yeah, if the – 
facing the 49ers next week is not going to be pretty, but hey, they got there. It wasn't going to be pretty against Dallas either, so. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We'll see, but Same. we got we got a lot more to talk about before we get that, including oh no, Jerry Jones and his feelings. Jerry Jones called this Cowboys loss uh, is one of the biggest surprises since I've been involved in sports. "Quote: I'm floored." Good, Jerry Jones. Good. It is. I. <laughs> you know what's also floored, Jordan? You know what's also floored? What? Dak Prescott's Louis Vuitton bags. <laughs> Do you guys remember this this tweet for, for the audio listeners? Cowboys QB Dak Prescott has been reminding himself about the road Super Bowl the past several months. I've got Louis Vuitton stuff. Why? Because it's LV of Las Vegas. And if I took, if I look at my bag, it's all LV. Literally. I just went and got my girl the bag the other day. And I'm like, the only one I'm getting is one of those LV logo on it. That's right. That's right. The L. The L. For the fifth time, probably, at least, in Dak Prescott's career. That these lost to the Packers. He's got a history, man. Like, I, I sung his praises. I thought this is probably the best radio season that he had. When it comes to the playoffs, he – I don't – I don't – I'm not a guy that throws out the word choker, but it's it was astonishing how off-base he was with CeeDee Lamb. Oh, it was, oh, it was so obvious. All, all first half, he throws – he was making, like, very aggressive, tight window throws – and that's where Darnell Savage pounced on mm-hmm. on the the interception and took it home for to the house. Yeah, I think like it was obvious from the the get go on the on their first drive when on the the critical third down that made them go I think six and out. Um, he throws mm-hmm. he throws behind and short to Ceedee Lamb, and they talked about it on the broadcast immediately after Dak and Ceedee were talking to each other, and Mike McCarthy went over to Ceedee. It's just like, okay, like there's clearly some some tension here going on, like what's going on, and they could not find it the rest of the game. At least when it mattered, right? Like they, they ended up finding some pretty good um catches late in the fourth quarter that helped them make it somewhat close, um, or somewhat respectable, but when it really mattered, they were not on the same it was page. It's not a all respectable game. It wasn't. And like it 
it, it turned out to be like I had talked in the the preview of this like of this game that if they can figure out a a way to stop CD over the middle and make everyone else beat them, then they'll have a chance to win. And that's exactly what they did for the majority of the game. Like Michael Gallup was really their only over the middle threat for almost the entirety of the game. Yeah, I I, I thought Jair. I mean, he himself got the pick. He strong armed. I believe, was that I think that was on CD Lamb too. It was, no, it was on Cooks. It was on Cooks. Okay. Both fighting for the ball, made a good play for it. I thought it was a good no call because eat both parties kind of like you know set the tone for you know aggressive contact and all that stuff. Yep. But the way that between Jair before he got hurt, Carrington Valentine had some good moments against see Lamb. Everything about like today with the secondary until the dam broke and you know the Dallas is getting their way, you know, with 25 uh second half points i thought the way that they played and that they covered and just made like they they did a really good job of just selling out making sure that Dak had to had to kind of go through his progressions and then it's like okay what do i do now do i scramble out and he made some plays with his legs which, i mean obviously that's going to happen when that happens but again we that is the that was the best Quarterback wide receiver duo in the league this year. CeeDee Lamb led the league with catches, receptions this year. Had like a 75% catch percentage. So at top of the the however many targets that he faced, he was catching three-fourths of them. And him and Dak Prescott looked like they were, you know, it's July and it's the first day of of training camp. And they were not on the same page. That's a, a crazy. And it wasn't, I don't think like, I would say maybe part of it was the the pressure that they faced from the secondary and maybe, you know, how the Packers were lined up kind of threw them off. But it was like a 50-50 thing of like unforced like throws into weird windows that CeeDee Lamb was not fighting for. And the other half was the, you know, the Packers kind of pushing him off edge, making sure he's off balance and trying to trying to, you know, make his life a living hell kind of thing. Yeah, without a doubt. Like I just it them being so off on their uh i guess their just rhythm was very very surprising mm-hmm. just a couple this is this a dad and a sons <laughs> that's all we're looking at here audio listeners that is a terrible for <laughs> audio listeners so bad no it's great no it's great just a dad and a sons it's just jordan love holding jerry jones with CD Lamb and Dak Prescott next to him. That's just a dad and a yeah, son. Of course, that's all we're looking at. That's that's all. <laughs> the family photo. While you're here, folks, if you haven't hit the subscribe and the like button down below, we would really appreciate it. If you haven't subscribed to the pod over on Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to your podcast, go follow the the podcast there, or you can find all the links at gspn.info. Uh, we'd love for you guys to check out the pod. We'll be podding a whole bunch more with the Packers be playing like this. So. I think it's time to talk about just in general the 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 defense as well as what kind of worked. I think first and foremost the the Jair pick was the like and it, we talked about it again in the in the uh, the pregame pod or preview pod. This team didn't generate a lot of turnovers all season long, and you had mentioned it too that when Dallas wins the turnover battle or if they tie it, they were undefeated this season. And that was pretty much the game today. Like, if you take out the pick six and the Jire pick that led the touchdown, that's six or 
probably 14 points off the board. But the Jire pick was like, I was so happy to see him finally put his like energy and all his, his like good, excited, rambunctious energy into a pick that was really, I don't want to say like ceiling, but like ceiling S C A L I N G kind of ceiling, not not the yeah, not, yeah. not the roof that like Michael Jordan is the ceiling is the roof kind of thing, <laughs> but into a. I, I guess it's so hard to call it game ceiling when it was still seven zero or fourteen zero, but vibes wise, it was pretty pretty ceiling because after that it was heads hung like what is going on in Dallas kind of thing. Yeah, it's that's the thing of again when we talked about the the themes that have emerged in the Cowboys' losses this year, it's not just turnovers, but they just get beat pretty handily. Like again, this the final result is a two score game with 16 points. It was not like that for most of the game. The, I think what you're trying to search for is that set the tone for just yep. how, yep. how dominant the Packers looked. I mean, I'm looking at the, the play by play right now. They happen with 38 seconds left in the first it's on the, on Dallas's 19 yard line. So the, the Packers are immediately on the red zone. Like that is how, like <laughs> How it switched the field completely after the Packers had scored on the opening drive, but then they punted. And to, to get a gift like that, obviously, it works out beyond anybody's belief that it, it you know to to get up uh, fourteen nothing at the, like the start of the second, and then the way that it that's just how this defense is. Like I made the joke in the Discord, the GSPN Discord, which everybody should should uh, be in. Join join the GSPN Discord fun especially when the Packers kick someone's butt um we're going g-rated today um but the way that it works for this defense where Joe Barry is you know it feels like all there's there's all this momentum of he's gonna lose his job by season's end if the Packers don't make the playoffs well the Packers make the playoffs they do so on really good defensive performances against middling to below average teams at the end of the year with the Bears Vikings and you know, skirting by the Panthers, obviously. Um, but the way that this team, for some weird reason, and it happens with the Lions game or anything like that, where they just are doing so terribly, they are just run through constantly. Like opposing offenses can get whatever they want, whether it's Bryce Young and the Panthers, or if it's you know Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers. They can run through this defense so easily. And the moment like things look the most dire, no one has any belief in this de- defensive unit. They do things that they can they don't normally do, which is generate turnovers. And again, I, I let's let's go through the box score again. I don't think Dak Prescott got sacked until the fourth quarter. I think he only got yeah, had one I think he that only was, had one sack. That was the Lucas. Oh, he had four sacks. Uh, I think it was the Lucas Van Ness sack was the first one. I think he had a cut. Like, I, I don't remember him going down through the first three quarters. It says he had four sacks, but only for 16 yards. So whenever he was sacked, it was not for like a lot of losses. Maybe I wonder was... if some of those are like scrambles out of bounds or something. Probably something but like that. I remember like the only one that I remember that like was held up. Cause I think you had mentioned that Kenny Clark had a, had a sack in the third quarter coming out of halftime. That was, negated due to, to a penalty. But the only one that I remember was Lucas Van Ness's oh, sack. He's on Nixon. He's on Nixon a sack. That was Yeah. Yep. 
Yep. That was a that was a big play too. That that knocked him out of field goal big range. Yeah. Knocked him out of field goal range. So But but it was it was not the way that we envisioned like okay, getting home. front. Right, getting home. Yeah. Like Dak Prescott threw sixty times and got sacked four times. So one out of every fifteen throws, he's he's getting at least a clean enough pocket to throw to whoever he's throwing to. And he until I would say mid to late third quarter, his throws are really off. Like it wasn't just CeeDee Lamb. I, the interception was just the two interceptions were just totally <laughs> the 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 tightest windows that he was expecting his wide receivers to complete. Yeah. And obviously the Packers uh cornerbacks took advantage of it. Yeah, Jair's was a great jump on the ball. Like he had to fit it in there to get to complete that pass and he didn't. Like that's just a great a great uh, interception by Jair. The Darnell Savage pick six. I don't know what he was looking. He must have must have not seen uh, Darnell Savage lurking because that's like the prototypical pick six. Just like, oh, I'll be taking that and I'll be running all the way back to the end zone. Yep. Like there was no resistance on the, on his return. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but that felt a lot like the Savage pick from the Vikings game last year, the second to last game. I can't remember if it was the same kind of like making a jump on a route like that, but he just shot out of a cannon and <laughs> took it all the way. That it was very easily like I don't remember oh, specifically, but yeah, like I we have seen him make those plays before for sure. Yeah, and I think like that's just the biggest thing, right? Is that Dak looked uncomfortable all day long, and I don't know what happened, but yeah, it it was a crazy. Uh, a crazy day for for that Cowboys offense, and even like Tony Pollard. I guess we'll shift to that a little bit too. They did a pretty good job on Tony Pollard because a lot of his uh, yards and like even like scrimmage yards didn't come until the um, the second half. He finishes with 15 carries for 56 yards and a touchdown that came. Uh, I believe that was second half as well. I, I forget, but even that seven catches for 29 yards in the the passing game too. So just over 80 yards total from off from scrimmage. That's, that's fine my, with me. They did a pretty good job throughout the game, stopping the run. Even with like Rico Donald too. Rico Donald had 11 catches or 11 yards on two carries and 14 yards, the passing game. Like they did a really good job against the run when historically this season and last, they have not been good against the run. As you know, as no. we all know. And I think too, sorry I, to cut across. I think this is the thing about this Packers defense is that opponents look at, okay, we can get anything that we want with this run defense. We can, even with a, uh, you know, whether it's like Saquon Barkley or uh, I'm trying to think of like uh, Chuba Hubbard. Like, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter the degree or the caliber of running back or committee of running backs that can go against this Packers run defense. This Packers run defense is such a blight that opposing offenses are looking at this like, okay, let's how can we, you know, take advantage of this? That almost kind of like re- works in a reverse way where I felt like a lot of the early play calls for the Cowboys was not great. Like they're running on second and ten. So you're immediately kind of setting up third and long situations and you have to convert this. Like that that was part of why the struggles between Dak and CeeDee Lamb were not on the same page. Why it was so apparent was because it's three and outs or it's six and outs, as you said. Like 
they had to convert those plays because they're trying to take advantage of the, the Packers run defense and TJ Slade made big, made, uh, made big plays, Quay Walker, Kenny Clark, Devontae White, like they did not let them loose in that in that situation. It was the biggest running plays were would deck Prescott was scrambling or undesigned running plays. So for me, like I felt like that kind of played in the Packers hands of like, why are you doing this in the first place? The Packers are the team that needs to bleed clock, not you because you're already down seven to nothing or 14, nothing, whatever it is. And again, like we don't Mike McCarthy and yeah. we know how he, how he coaches. I just, I thought like their instincts, like both offensive defense were just really off, like right away. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And like, you said it earlier in your point. Are you saying they reverse psychology the Dallas Cowboys into <laughs> into running the ball more? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that is what Joe Barry, you madman. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's what he's thinking. But like, it does kind of work. Well, I mean, it might not work next week. But nope. um, I think Tony. But the, the gap between Christian McCaffrey and Tony Pollard is quite quite large frankly it's it's quite as large as like a heisman trophy stiff arm like that is how big it is that is but correct i just thought again there was just no the weird lack of aggression with play calls and all that stuff it just played in the packers hands and that's that's why we saw the defense just make plays when it mattered most because if anything third downs are their best defended plays whether it's between sacks or making big plays with pass breakups or whatever yep so yeah Keep doing what you're doing, Joe Barry. <laughs> if you would have, if you would have told me that, like, like if you told me post game that the Cowboys would have outgained the Packers five hundred and ten to four fifteen, and that they would have had fifteen more first downs and held the ball for three more minutes, I would have like I would have just scheduled that loss. Like that just sounds like a loss to me. But mm-hmm. I think. The obviously the pick six helps with that. The short field on the interception helps with that, but it's not like the Cowboys had a bad game statistically. Besides the two interceptions, they got a lot of a lot of uh, good plays, a lot of big plays, particularly in the second half. But as you said, I think they scored twenty five in the second half. They outscored the Packers in the second half. But yep, uh, the Cowboys had four to five in the red zone. Um, I'm looking at like third down ten of sixteen. On third downs, 0-2 on fourth downs. Yep. That was another thing. Like, it's a small thing, but the going for two when they were it was 34-16, there's two plays that go against the Cowboys. They elect to kick the field goal. Yep. So because field goals are at are placed at the 15, it's a 10 yard penalty from there, so that a field goal becomes a 43 yarder, and then the kicker who doinks has been it. pretty much automatic, he joins it. Like that was just representative of the entire the day entire the game like, yeah they <laughs> they get the two-point conversion and it's called back because of a, a, a pick penalty and i think there's actually two penalties on that play if i'm not mistaken but like you said then it gets pushed back and it's just the icing on top of the cake for for this game like it was everything that could go wrong for the cowboys at this point went wrong and that's totally fine by me totally fine by me <laughs> I am not sad. I would agree. I, would, I am not sad to see the Cowboys bow out of the playoffs like this. It's just, no one likes the Cowboys, right? Cowboys fans like the Cowboys. Anybody other than that, nobody likes the Cowboys. 
I've seen. They have not been to the. They have not been to the NFC Championship game since 1995. <laughs> the Green Bay Packers have been there nine times. Since oh then. my, oh my, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Was it spring or was it winter '95? Like early '95, or the '95 season? '95 season. Okay, so I was born. I was trying to think if I was born or not. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty close. Maybe just maybe just barely. Yeah, just just a baby. <laughs> so yeah, honestly, very very happy to watch this game, to be just an absolute blowout the entire time. Like it, it just is so encouraging for even like next year and, and years going forward. This is a confidence booster. Like they know they can do this, and they they have all the confidence in the world right now. They're playing again with house money, and you think about how this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning of a. Of, of this run of this of this era and they've got a leader in Jordan Love. He's gonna get a big contract in the offseason. Aaron oh, oh. Aaron Jones is just the leader amongst in, in the clubhouse uh just as the veteran guy and they talked about it all broadcast. He's fresh. Having him sit like not sit but him be hurt most of the year and being able to come back tonight or uh, the last half or quarter of the season to put up these numbers like he is, he's playing at a severe advantage to the rest of the D linemen and linebackers trying to tackle him. It's crazy. He's fresh as can be, and these D linemen and linebackers are playing with 18 games of wear and tear. And it's it, it, I think in this game particularly, it was very evident that Aaron Jones just had more juice than the rest of the Cowboys defense. Yes, I mean... Truth be told, this is an Aaron Jones legacy game. Oh, like, yeah. We we had talked a lot about how before we could name all the running backs that came before him and how it was just kind of an endless search of like, okay, they have this guy. Oh, wait, James Starks is, you know, he's here and there, but like he just rides these crazy streaks. Aaron Jones has been the starting running back for the Packers for five slash six years, has been at least in the mix for six years, seven seasons, I should say. And you just need that moment with when it comes to playoff time that like, okay, that is the Aaron Jones game. We remember Ryan Grant, you know, who had been a practice squad guy and then just gave a huge boost to that Packers team in 2007 being the Seahawks. Again, a very similar kind of just overwhelming performance. Obviously we would, we would have expected that from a Packers team that went 13 and three that year, but with with Aaron Jones, the, everything just broke the right way. Where it's a team that he has had plenty of success against. It's a building that he has had plenty of success playing in, and the form that he has been in. It just it's a perfect storm of him just putting everything together. And again, probably one of the most fun Packers players to root for because. He just wears everything on his sleeve. He's just a very sincere, very fun-loving kind of guy. And to see him just do this thing for so many, so many years now and have it go on the on a the biggest stage where everybody's watching these playoff games if it's not on Peacock and all this stuff. Like it's just, I don't know. It's it's the best thing to see him put in a signature performance like that at age 29 when everybody's looking at running backs like hey no they're they're trash don't pay him don't pay him or anything like that it, aaron jones is the you know the what is it fountain of youth kind of for these running backs he is he absolutely is 
four games, 488 rush yards on 43 carries, almost six yards per carries, and nine rushing touchdowns, 122 yards per game, most by any player with at least three games versus Dallas. That's what I was talking about uh, earlier in the pod. And he was ahead of the likes of Barry Sanders and other um, all-time running backs on that list. But, I mean, you talk about being the best guy to root for on the Packers and the most like fun guy to root for. I mean, if there is one Packer that bleeds green and gold in the last 15 years, 20 years maybe, since the start of the century, it's Aaron Jones. Like, mm-hmm. this man loves the franchise, took the pay cut um, in the offseason to stay on the team, like, has been, without a doubt, the emotional leader in the running back room and on offense the entire year. Like, we've seen a couple of little skirmishes happen up between uh, the Vikings and a couple other ones where he's sort of the the mediator in some of these things. And it's just, he's, he's a leader. He's a natural born leader and a guy that loves to carry the G, right? Like he, he loves it. He absolutely loves oh, it. Oh, that G was all over that star today. Yeah, it was. We're stopping on it. Like Terrell Owens. There's no, uh, George Teague to run him over. Nope. Like he did in 20 years. That was, uh, and uh, we talked about it again, not to just kind of be like the, we talked about it the last pod, blah, 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 but <laughs> A lot of the things that we had talked about were the conditions of playing an indoor stadium, especially given the fact that it's, I believe, uh, negative degrees in in the Wisconsin area. It's cold. And it was, it's very cold. And I believe it was like 20, a high of 25 in, in Dallas, Fort Worth, Arlington area. It was. So it's cold everywhere. And, you know, you know what that means? There's a frozen tundra everywhere. That's right. That's right. We're talking all over the nation, baby. Talk of the tundra. <laughs> North, <laughs> south, east, west. Um, Zach Cruz, we, you had, we touched on it in the beginning of the pod, but puts it pretty plainly as well. And I, I want to get your take on this as well. Um, he says, it's it's going to be tough to rank this one amongst the best in recent Packers history. It's certainly the best uh, playoff win in the LaFleur era. Best since being the Cowboys in 2016. Best since the Super Bowl. Best since being the Falcons in 2010. This is amongst them. And I, I agree a thousand percent. Like, I don't think I can think of a better statement win. There's been more fun wins. The Giants win in 2020 when um when Randall Cobb caught the hat the uh That was twenty sixteen. That was twenty sixteen. Jeez Louise. That was really yeah. twenty sixteen. Yeah, that was a wildcard game to play the Cowboys oh my when God. they beat them. But like that one was fun, and that's not even the LaFleur era, mm-hmm. obviously. But yeah, it's. I just mean, been... let's be honest. There's not a lot of playoffs. Not a lot of playoffs in the LaFleur era. I think there's what two. This may be two. Uh, yeah. I think this yes. may be two. Before today. Yeah, exactly. So, regardless. So it's easily the best one of the LaFleur era. Um. Uh. Let's think. I mean. That Seahawks snow game, like I mentioned, the Ryan Grant game, where they, I believe they were down 14 nothing because they had fumbles. Yep. And it's, they still overcame that. But again, it's a lot different when you expect them to win these playoff games. It We're not used to the Packers being the, you know, squeaking by in the playoffs on the last regular game of the regular season and then winning a playoff game. I don't know if that's ever happened in playoff history no. for the Packers because – 
there's this massive abyss between when they're winning championships with Vince Lombardi and then Brett Favre comes along. Like that is probably the equivalent, like the closest equivalent of everything where uh, they beat the Lions in the Silverdome. A Lions team that have won the division was the last time they won the division until this year. Right. So I think that's the only closest thing that we could even mention. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm missing a game or two that came before my time, but yeah, that's that. I don't know. I'm just looking at the defense, and I'm trying to like pick guys out that deserve credits, and there's so many. Keyshawn Nixon, yep, easily the best game of the year. Again, the sack was like that, but he had a really good pass breakup late. Had a good pass breakup early. Like I thought, he was a guy that I felt like whether it was Ceedee Lamb or anybody that was lined up in the slot, I felt like they were going to take advantage of that. They didn't. Like they, part of that is because Prescott and and see Lamb were not on the same page, but Keyshawn Lamb, Keyshawn Lamb, Keyshawn Nixon really hold held his own. Um, you know, on his, I want to say probably first playoff game too. Yeah, uh, I think it is. I think it is. Uh, imagine having an All Pro kicker turner as one of your best uh, slot corners. <laughs> I couldn't imagine that. <laughs> Could not imagine that. That's reality. Don't have to imagine that. Yeah. Oh, that. I mean, that's. No, no Pro Bowlers on this Packers team, and they just put up a near fifty bomb on the best offense in the NFL and one of the best standout defenses in the NFL. Like that's mm-hmm. just that's just good stuff. Quay Walker had a good game. Him and Keyshawn tied for most tackles according to ESPN with eleven. Uh, Devondre Campbell uh, had a part of a sack, and he had a pass deflection that went right off his hands in the end zone, which is a which is tough, but. I mean that's that's fine. It was off his like far hand. If he had gotten two hands on it, I bet you he catches it. But yeah, it's just. I mean, Carrington Valentine had eight tackles. Um, I mean, both corners has played. I mean, all the entire secondary put out of their mind. Yeah, Isaiah McDuffie too. He had a couple run stops today. Um, he got hurt later. Was that the second half? Second half. Yeah, he had a, second got half. a stinger. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he's again. He's been played or made big uh, tackles and big moments this year. And again, a lot of that, a lot of the stuff that we saw like throughout the year where it's like, okay, this guy has a moment. This guy has a moment. I wouldn't necessarily, this was maybe like a, a C plus B minus level kind of game for the, for the front line where, yeah, they had some pressures. They pushed Dak Prescott out in uncomfortable moments, but the secondary, like, again, <laughs> we, it's a big, big sore spot when you're look, facing against, uh, you know, the NFL leader in catches. Yeah. And they really, they, they asserted themselves against that. Like that, that to me, that's, that's the game right there of Packers put up points, but for a game that could have easily been a shootout. And probably some people looked at, look at the, the box score and be like, Oh, it was, it was a shootout. It was a shootout. Yeah. But it, but was, it, it, it wasn't. was, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. That's that. The difference was the secondary, Jair Alexander, Valentine, Valentine, Darnell Savage, Jonathan Owens, like th- those guys made the plays and covered so well that, you know, um, we're, we're here celebrating. That's why. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's just what a, what a great game to witness. What a great game to witness. Oh, oh man. I think we ought to leave it with. Luke. I didn't think. Go ahead. I didn't think this was possible. I did not think this was possible. I mean, we, we both we said as much in our in our pregame pod, our preview pod. We both thought two score 
deficits to finish the game. Yeah, I'm trying. We were, ha- we were happy now. to be here. We're going back now to try and find it to see what our our score predictions were and what our players to watch were. So we we went two for yeah, we went one for four on players to watch. You had Aaron Jones and Micah Parsons. I had Jane Reed and Ceedee C- Lamb. Ceedee Lamb still puts over a hundred, but no touchdown. <laughs> Jane Reed did, yeah, Jane Reed didn't get anything. Right. So I went over, but then. I had thirty three twenty and you had thirty eight twenty. So yeah. we were wrong on that, but we're happy to be wrong on that, right? <laughs> they, the Packers scored more points in the half and by halftime than I predicted yeah. all game one. Right. So that is the level of, of of believability I had on this team, and it again did not matter. I think you had mentioned it earlier. Uh Micah Parsons is from Next Gen Stats. The Packers held Micah Parsons to just one pressure on 19 pass rushes, his lowest pressure rate in a game in his career, which is like 5%. Uh, Parsons only had one pressure, ha- had his only pressure come on an unblocked pass rush. Right tackle, Zach Tom, held him to zero pressures in nine matchups. A, a non-factor. The entire game. Get Tom! Get Tom! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alright, Jordan, you got anything else? No, I'm... I'm... Do we do we look ahead? We know the who the Packers are playing. Yep. We are the only team that knows who the next opponent's gonna be, right? Um yes. Unless because the Bills are the two seed, right? Bills are the Yes. I'm almost two certain seed, yes. Are. Yes. Well no, because then the um the Texans play the other AFC team. Which is who else played? I'm looking. I'm looking right now. the The game getting pushed back is throwing me off. Yeah. The Texans play the Chiefs. Yes. And then the uh, the Bills. Uh, if the Bills win, I guess I don't know. No, it, we don't know because the uh, the NFL reseeds. So depending. So depending on who the wins tomorrow's game between the Steelers and the Bills. If the Steelers win, they'll go and face the Ravens. If Buffalo wins, they'll go and face Kansas City, and Houston will go to uh, Baltimore. Yeah, that's it. Now, we are locked in. Yes, we are locked in to going to Santa Clara. A place where the Packers have... Um, not played well in the postseason. No, absolutely not. Uh, but they did win last year over there. That's a it's a way different team. Or no, two years ago. Two years ago. Yeah, it was two years ago. Yep. Two years ago. But it's a way different team. Long time ago. But this team is riding riding high. So I'm I'm nervous. Um, but I think that if there's a team that has a shot, it's it's this one right now. What a crazy sentence! Right, they're playing. They playing as best. They're the best football they can. They're gonna need to be just as sharp as they were today, if not sharper. But there's an opportunity. I think it'll be closer than this game, frankly. Because you remember, I think, that, remember I think that's the, a safe bet. To the, say. the Niners beat the bricks off the Cowboys earlier in the season. Unless they did forty-two to ten. Right, and so in a similar brick-beating fashion, the Packers put on the Cowboys today. Like, we'll see how it goes against the Niners next week. They're going to be rested. They'll be fresh. We we know as Packers fans how that works. Um, the 49ers will take... They're also banged up, though. 
Are like they? McCaffrey's coming back from yeah. a calf strain. Yeah. That's not easy. The uh This is also Matt LaFleur's third time against Kyle Shane in the playoffs. A man who he hates. <laughs> well, I mean he developed under him. I I think there's a lot of love lost there. Probably. After the after the and Niners Rogers. called on him. Yeah. I think there's yeah. not a lot of good feelings between those two. And evidence as their handshakes in your past. But that's for the preview yeah. pod, folks. We ought to leave it with Leroy Butler talking about the oh. uh talking about the Cowboys. It's not a logo. It's a rating. And that's one star, baby. Oh. <laughs> Alright, folks. That's all from us. Thank you all for tuning in to our live podcast. Like I mentioned during the pod, if you haven't, go check out Talk of the Tundra on all of your podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the other ones that I'm sure there's thousands of that I can't name right now. You can find the links at gspn.info. Uh, that has all the links to the to the GSPN pods, including Eurostep and Win in Six, which is the Bucks feed, as the Bucks are hopefully winning against the Kings right now. I haven't been really paying attention. Is that true? Is that false? I'm checking right now. doesn't really matter. They are currently winning. So check out Ty Rohan on uh, Eurostep and my good buddy Jordan here and Adam McGee on Win in Six. Check out Adam and Andrew Snyder on Cruising for a Bruising. The Brewers podcast, uh, they're ramping up as the uh, Brewers season is soon coming. I think two and a half months until Pitchers and Catchers report. And then check out Adam and Andrew's pod. Make time for this for all of your movie needs as the award season has begun and cometh with the Oscars in about, I think, two months. So with that, folks, thank you so much for listening. What a pod. How about them Cowboys? Big L. How about them Packers? How about them Packers, baby? Go Pack Go. Thank you for listening. And Jordan, thank you. Thank you.